millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Join Hoda Kotb for a brand new season of her podcast, Making Space. For season five, I am making space to talk to people who are providing a sense of hope and inspiration when life changes course. Uplifting conversations with inspiring individuals like NFL legend Drew Brees, singer-songwriter Ziggy Marley, and today's show co-anchor Savannah Guthrie as you have never heard her before. I found faith more viscerally, not because the bad thing didn't happen, but because it did. I promise you, like me, will leave these conversations with some wisdom for your own journey, empowered and inspired to make space in your own life. New episodes of Making Space with Hoda Kotb are released every Wednesday. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books with Zivi. I'm the host, Zivi Owens. I am an author. My latest is blank, pub date March 1st, a novel. I'm also a podcaster, obviously, a publisher, a bookstore owner, and so much more. If you love books, you're in the right place. In fact, we call it the Ziviverse, or really, the LA Times called it the Ziviverse, and we're going with it. Go to ZiviOwens.com to learn more, and follow me on Instagram at ZiviOwens. Maggie Smith is the author of My Thoughts Have Wings. She's back on the podcast after coming on to discuss the New York Times bestselling titles, You Could Make This Place Beautiful, Goldenrod, Keep Moving, Good Bones, and more. My Thoughts Have Wings is her debut picture book. She lives with her children in Columbus, Ohio. Oh my gosh, I'm going to Columbus, Ohio on the Ziviverse tour. I'm going to have to reach out to her. You can find her online at maggiesmithpoet.com. Welcome, Maggie. Thank you for coming back on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books to discuss My Thoughts Have Wings, your beautiful new children's book, which I adore and is amazing. Oh, I'm so glad to hear it. Thanks for having me back. It's good to see you. It's good to see you too. You are like preaching to the choir here with this book of the nighttime worries, the daytime worries, the worries all the time. <laughs> I read this to my son and he was like, oh, you did that too. You had a, you had me think about, you know, drinking a strawberry freeze in Jamaica one night when I couldn't fall asleep. And I'm like, yes, this is what you have to do. So, <laughs> Oh, I love that. Yeah. yeah. I was like, okay, good. I'm on the right track here with, with Maggie. <laughs> <laughs> Or we're making the same mistakes, but I don't think we're making the same where, yeah, (laughs) or our kids are just all messed up. I don't know. (laughs) Oh, let me back up. Tell everybody about your children's book. So yeah, my thoughts have wings was, I mean, really inspired by two, two different conversations I had with each of my kids years apart. And so the first one I actually wrote about and keep moving. 
in the last chapter called Nesters, I had a conversation with my daughter when she was younger. She's a, in high school now. But when she was much younger, I had a discussion with her one night because she couldn't go to sleep because her mind was going. Yes, I'm raising my hand here too. Because <laughs> I think we all do this. It's We're busy during the day and we're preoccupied and we have a lot of stimuli. And then we lay down in bed and... Suddenly, all the thoughts that we've been sort of pushing off to the margins flood into that quiet space when we're trying to fall asleep. And so I told her, you know, thoughts are like birds, and some of them fly away quickly, and some of them build little nests <laughs> in us, and they stick around, and it's hard It's hard to know how to get them to move on. But on the bright side, it just means that your head is such a beautiful place to live, that it that they don't want to leave you. And I understand that as your parents, you know, I wouldn't want to leave you either. And so that helped. And then years later, you know, during lockdown, in the middle of our divorce, and just everything happening in our home and in the world, my youngest, my son, was having a really hard time going to sleep. And those tuck-ins were hard. I mean, every parent knows that feeling, that sinking feeling where you leave their room and you're like, I don't think that I did that right, or <laughs> I think I offered the comfort they needed, or I feel like I need a do-over because that didn't, that wasn't the like sweet, connecting, quiet moment that I had <laughs> for during this busy day when we have so little one-on-one, -on -one, like really connecting time. And Rhett would say things like, you know, I'm trying to think good thoughts but the bad thoughts keep pushing them out of the way. And I thought, of course they do, because they do that in my brain too. I mean, they, that's what happens. And so we came up with a bedtime ritual of filling up with good thoughts. Like how do we build more nests for the good thoughts and sort of help crowd out the negative thoughts? So that that was the sort of idea is like a, a redirect. And so we had these great these great evening conversations around happy memories, like you were just saying, or, or like things to look forward to that didn't make the bad thoughts disappear and they didn't change the circumstances of our lives, but they helped him kind of focus his mind in a brighter place and it helped. So I thought, you know, if it helped in my home, maybe it could help in other people's homes at bedtime or during stressful times too. And, and that's where the idea of the book was born. So nice. I feel like the problem is that the happy thoughts are kind of flimsy, you know? Like, <laughs> they're like, you know, like slippery sheets or something. You know, they yeah. just kind of like, you know, gather and pool. Whereas the bad thoughts like are like, you know, trucks like ramming through with giant wheels, like all through your brain and like getting everything else dirty and terrible. Okay. Zibi, I have to say, you do realize you're like working in metaphor right now and you sound like a poet. So <laughs> point that out. And even early in the morning with a cold, you're thinking like a poet. No, it's totally true. I mean, it's it's absolutely true that the negative voices in our in our heads tend to bully out and talk louder and yell and wave their arms if they're not getting enough attention. And oftentimes those like small, that positive inner voice gets shouted down. Yeah. You know, it's, it is tricky. Like I, I absolutely get that. And so I, I think the idea is like, 
having that connecting time be a time not to say, I mean, no one ever stopped worried because they were told, don't worry. No one ever stopped crying, (laughs) being told, don't cry. No one ever calmed down from being told, calm down. So I think the important thing is like listening to our kids and hearing their worries and concerns and and sort of being like, yeah, that's tough. Instead of like, that's not real or Mm -hmm. don't think that, Mm -hmm. you know, like really hearing them, but also being like, yes, and these other things are true too. So like, why don't we just pivot our attention slightly? Like the 50 things that are going right instead of the two things that are going wrong, but shouting really loudly. (laughs) Yeah. I need this advice as well. (laughs) I I mean, I think this is, it's funny. Writers and reviews and like, you know, you, you know, you can have a thousand good reviews and the one bad one sticks in your brain. Like, I mean, that would be a nice ratio. But anyway, you know, it, it, it's it's how the brain works. You like magnify this horrible magnifying glass of the negative and yeah, it doesn't go away. <laughs> it doesn't. I mean, that's, it's something that we, that we do too. Someone asked me recently, like, what's the age range for this book? And I said, I think, you know, officially from the publisher, it's four to eight, but in my mind, it's like three to 99. Like yeah. you see on like, uh, you know, certain card games, like they go to 99. Yeah. Like, I think if you're alive and living in the world, you are worried about things and you probably could use a redirect, not to sort of replace the negative thoughts, but to focus your attention differently, especially before you're trying to go to sleep. Yeah. It's like not the time to be no. reliving every conversation you wish you would done differently, every snarky text or email or thing you should have gotten done that day that you didn't get done, thing you said to your kid out of like frustration that you wish you could take back. I mean, all of these things just sort of play like a little film strip on the insides of your eyelids when you lie down to go to sleep at night. So yeah, I think this might be useful for the person (laughs) reading the book with the child too. Also, childhood anxiety starts at like seven, eight, nine. So I would push the push the target age up a bit anyway. Yeah. You know? No, I think that I think that's true. And I think it's it's only becoming more complex, particularly with the last few years mm-hmm. and the pandemic. I mean, I know when I was having these conversations with with Rhett, you know, we were wiping our mail. We were not able to go to school, see our friends hug our grandparents, you know, go to soccer, like do any of the things that made us feel calm and connected and safe and like ourselves. Yep. It was just such a, I mean, it's still difficult. It's still happening. Obviously it's still happening, but that, that sort of separation and lack of connection, I think was so painful for children Yes, in particular and like has shaped them Mm -hmm. in ways that we will probably be understanding and sort of coming to terms with for years to come. Yep. And so I think, you know, anything we can do to ease their minds a little bit and help them remember all of the positive things yep. in them and in their lives, like I need it, they need it. Yeah. <laughs> My daughter just this morning was talking about saying something like, oh, remember how we use those screens, like the shields over our faces in school? She's like, do they even make those shields anymore? And I was like, I cannot believe that you lived through that. Like that that was your whatever grade it was. 
you know, it's crazy. And at the time we're like, okay, yes, now they're going to all wear shields. It's like, yeah, yeah. In our family, it was first grade and fifth grade. And so, I mean, I was actually cleaning out the little drawer where we keep our, you know, each kid has a drawer where we keep scarves, mittens, hats. And it's also where I was keeping their individually sized masks, Mm -hmm. you know, first the fabric ones and then the N95s. And so I found this tiny, like smaller than the palm of my hand, like Star Wars fabric mask that I bought on Etsy that Rhett wore in first grade whenever we left the house. And I kept it. I put it in a box because I just thought someday, you know, they lived through, and we, I mean, we're living through history all the time, but in particular, like a seven-year-old. Yeah. I thought it might be interesting for him to hold that tiny thing in his adult hand someday. <laughs> and someday I will be interviewing him about the poem he wrote about that very piece of fabric. I mean, I if, if either of my children, who <laughs> knows, but uh, he does love poetry and he's actually really, he calls this our book. That's so sweet. I love that. So I have like 250 copies and like a bunch of boxes in the living room behind me that I have to sign and send for a book club. And he was like, do you, do they want me to sign those too? And I was like, I think just me and the illustrator are signing these, Rhett. But I actually like if everybody got like a little heart in their book from- I was going to say- Maybe I should let them do it. (laughs) When I had my children's book come out and the kids wanted to sign, I was like, go for it. Like, why not? Like, what are they going to do? They're just like, that's so cute. Did it ruin your book? No. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I think I'll let him. He's going to come to Let him do a couple. (laughs) I'll let him do some. Like, he'll he'll get bored. And And he'll probably sit with me at the table and want to, and want to sign some books. But it's, it's true. Like when, when people open this, the spreads, I mean, they're actually his positive memories. Oh, so like fishing in the creek. And- yeah, the ice cream cone at the beach, that's something we used to do. The, the fishing in the creek behind Mimi and Papa's house. Those are my parents and that's the creek behind the house where I grew up and and we still have Sunday dinner every night. We call my mom Mimi and Papa too and oh, uh, Mimi is it pop pop Mimi and Papa. And my son was like, "Let me see that." It doesn't really say that, does it? I was like, "It does." <laughs> oh, close enough. We're, we're Mimi and Papa. But yeah, the banana bread, the no. dog kisses. Oh. They're all his happy memories. So when he calls it our book, I'm like, "It is because it's from your list of things that you filled up with before bed." And like my hope that it will be an invitation for other kids and adults to think, oh, that's, that's one child and, you know, happy memories. What are mine? Like, oh yeah, yeah, I like ice cream at the beach too. Or I like, I like churros at the beach or I like roller skating or remember that one time we did X, Y, and Z. It would be really great to, I mean, maybe you already have this planned or whatever, but to have not a workbook, but like a, what's like a prompt because you could easily take a sick kid and say, like, draw me two pictures of things that scare you and two of your happiest memories. And then you just, like, take your words and sort of put them through. And then they oh, have their I own way. Right? I love that idea. It's almost yeah. like you're a book person, Zibby. <laughs> I just – this all comes from a selfish place. I'm like, I think I could do that with my kid today. That yeah. would be really great because then and I would can. have, then he would feel like it was his book. And then we could reference the drawings again later and say like, oh, remember when that worry was stuck in your head? Remember when you were like scared of whatever he's scared of today, you know, oh, and he'll I be like, oh, that. right. And you could like kind the of. The ad hoc version is like, 
you know, draw on individual pieces of paper and then leaf them into the story so that when you get to that point in the book, you're actually also at your own little. That's true. You know, like as a a little bookmark. Yeah. 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 Oh, I like that too. They could be bookmarks. I want the whole page though. But anyway. I love this. <laughs> <laughs> then I was saying to my son, I'm like, how crazy is it that the illustrator's last name is Hatch when it's all about nests and birds and you know, and eggs and all, the whole thing. To be that never occurred to me. <laughs> is that wild? That never occurred to me. And it, I mean, such magic when I turned this manuscript in. I mean, I had no idea who, I I knew it would not be me drawing the pictures because it would just be stick people. And so I had no idea. And they sent me a few portfolios, links to portfolios of of illustrators. They thought the style would work really well with what I had created. And I clicked on, I mean, all of them were gorgeous, but I clicked on Leanne's and went to her portfolio and saw the little faces of the children that she had drawn. And they honestly were so sweet and reminded me of my own child, like the little smattering of freckles on some of them and the sweet little eyes and the little, and the little smiles. And she did dark so well, like so many of her drawings handled light and darkness so well. And I knew that would be important because this is a, a bedtime story and some of it is set in a dark bedroom and so this is creepy, you know, oh my gosh, right. <laughs> that little, little eyes. And so I'm, you know, but you don't know if the person wants to illustrate your book. It's like, it's like a, it's my only attempt at like a dating app, which I've never done. So they reached out to her and said, so-and-so would really like you to illustrate their book. And she could have said, no, I'm, I don't connect with the story. She could have said, oh, I like it, but I don't have any room in my schedule for the next three years because these things take a long time to yep. make. Yep. And I feel so blessed that she agreed to do it and then just worked magic. Like I got her drawings and just couldn't believe what she had made from the words. It's just, it's like, I don't know. It's the first sort of collaborative experience I've had in this way, making a book where someone else's work was, frankly, I feel like more important than my work in this book. And it's just, I I think she's a marvel. And I haven't met her. I mean, that's another thing. All of this happens at a distance. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. She's so good. She's I love that. So it's it's almost like crayon style, like in some of the backgrounds, how it just looks like so like relatable to kids versus like so polished where it doesn't yeah. feel like accessible in some way. Yeah, there's a, a lot of texture in the yeah. drawings and it doesn't, it's not cartoony at mm-hmm. all. Like it's, it's not so crisp. There's just a lot of texture and layering in the yep. in the drawings. And, and that made, the one challenge is that made us trying to figure out how to make sure that the that the the words were really legible with with that text behind it. That was sort of one of the the sort of challenges of going through the process. But I honestly couldn't be happier. Like I just look at it and I'm like, how is that? I couldn't have done that. My poor stick people. <laughs> I can't draw either. I really wish I could. It's gorgeous. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. 
Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, grownups. The Cat in the Hat cast is a new podcast from Wondery. Perfect for the whole family. Join the Cat in the Hat and your favorite Dr. Seuss characters as they get whisked away on a new adventure every week. Fish dreams of creating his very own polite and quiet podcast. That is, until he gets a surprise visit to his fishful podcast studio from the Cat in the Hat himself, and it becomes very clear that the cat has other plans for the podcast, and those plans are the opposite of quiet. The cat may be disruptive, but it turns out he's also a great help to get fish out of all kinds of predicaments. Bursting with music, silliness, and rhymes, the Cat in the Hat cast encourages us all to find fun that is funny in every episode. So sing along to new favorite songs, try your luck at Titanic Tongue Twisters, have some fun with wondrous wordplay, and most importantly, bring your family along for all of the adventures in the Cat in the Hat cast. Follow the Cat in the Hat cast on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to the Cat in the Hat cast ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or Wondery Kids Plus in Apple Podcasts. I was sure, though, when I heard that you had written a children's book that it would that it was going to be your handwriting. Because I feel like now you're like branding your handwriting so much, not branding, but you know, like you have analysis of your poems, and I feel like now everybody can know your handwriting. And, and I was like, where was it? <laughs> Did well, you the consider with my handwriting? Is it's not particularly legible. I mean, <laughs> they used a little bit of it on the cover of my memoir, just for like some of the smaller text. Yeah, it's pretty idiosyncratic. You know, like is that an R or a V? Is that an L or an I? You know, it's not it's not particularly legible. But I love that they hand lettered yeah. books, so it has that kind of it has that kind of feel rather than typed words, but it's much more legible than my own poet scrawl. <laughs> so what are what are the current worries when the lights go off and the mind starts going? What What's something you're particularly worried about these days? The world. I'm worried about the world. Yep. I'm just like gesturing wi- widely at like, <laughs> All of this, I mean, we're in an election year, there is so much unrest. I'm a parent, so seeing other children in pain hits me in a place in my body that I have a hard time ridding myself of. And and frankly, I don't think I should. I think, you know, witnessing is important. So those, I mean, in addition to all of those, like, how am I going to make this deadline? And how are the kids doing? And you know, all the other kind of like in my own home mm-hmm. things, but it's, I think it's going to be a really stressful year. Yeah. I think we, we have a lot collectively on our plates mm-hmm. in 2024 in this country and beyond. I'm not sleeping well. How are you sleeping? Oh, no. I like not great. I got three hours of sleep. No, I am not sleeping well. I can fall asleep, but I'm always up in the, like I get up and then I can't fall back asleep. 
Usually I'm just so overtired that I pass out. But yeah, my my thoughts spin in the you know at like four in the morning. And I'm like, I might as well just get up. Like, forget it. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a three a.m.er. So when mm-hmm. people are getting emails from me at three a.m., they're like, you're an early bird. I'm like, oh no, I'm in bed. I'm an insomniac. Like, <laughs> not an early bird per se. I just <laughs> may be up doing work in the middle of the night because I can't sleep. Yeah. So. I I realized recently, well, I didn't realize, someone told me that you can set your emails so that they send at a later time on Apple Mail, which is the mail client that I use all the time. So I started doing that. I was like, oh, this is so great. Now my team won't wake up and have like, you know, like 20 emails yeah. for me in the middle of the night. But then once it didn't work and I was like, well, I can't trust it. I'm never going to do it again. So forget it. No, I, I just have to be transparent that my working hours are sometimes different from other people's working hours. Like I might not respond to emails between three and five because the uh, kids yes. are in school and I'm fixing dinner and it's, it's, that's not, I know it's still the work day for most people, but it's not a great time for me, yep. but like two to 4am yes. I'm sharp. <laughs> no one's asking me to heat up a snack or cut an apple yeah. or help them with a math worksheet. So I'm I'm getting a lot done in the middle of the night. <laughs> you gotta you just have to grab the time when you get. Oh my goodness, it's the truth. It's the truth. <laughs> so what is coming up for you? Are you doing what's next? What's the next release after this? Not to stress you out more, but no, no, no. The next release after this is the paperback of. You could make this place beautiful the first week of June. So I'll be back on the road when the memoir paperback comes out. And then next... Is the the cover different or the same? No, we can't change that cover. I know. I love the cover. I know. I was just making sure a lot of times people change it. Yeah, no, I can't. I mean, I think they're like, you know, moving some blurbs around and adding, like doing some different things. But no, I, I just can't. I can't, I would like that to be the cover of every book. Let's just change the title going forward. And every book I ever published, it's just that. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. Um, I, I, I love it so much. And then next year I have a collection of essays. Oh, yay. So that's, that's what I'm working on now and working on poems. So I think probably the next next is another book of, of poems. Amazing. I can't wait to read. It's so, it's so (laughs) like, I know that I'm going to love whatever you are going to write and you haven't even like written all of it yet. And I'm just like, Oh, I can't wait to have the experience of my reading your words later. (laughs) It's just like such a crazy thing, you know, it's so kind. No, but it's true. And I'm just like, hurry up and finish. Oh, I know. I'm hearing that. I need to do that. (laughs) (laughs) I need to do that. You know, I I sat down and realized like my last, I mean, I'm a poet. I'm first and foremost a poet. You know, this book technically isn't poetry. It's not a rhyming kids book and, and poetry style. And I thought about it. I'm like my last four books and then including my next one, they're all different genres. It's self help, poetry, memoir, picture book, essay collection. And I need to loop back to poetry because that's really my home base. And I need to like make the rounds of the bases and then come back around to home. But it's it's sort of strange to me because I think if you had asked me 20 years ago, I would have said, I will always write poetry and I hope that I'll be able to publish multiple books of poetry. And if I can do that, I'll be so happy. And I never would have thought that I would be writing in, in multiple genres or publishing in multiple genres. But you know, each idea, and I'm sure you felt this too, because you do the same thing. Like each idea demands its own container and, and it shows up and sort of whispers to you what 
what form, what shape it wants to take. And so my memoir could not have been a collection of poems. It just wouldn't have worked. And this couldn't have been that either. And the essay collection could is not anything close to being a memoir. And it also can't be a picture book. And so sort of letting inspiration happen and, and meeting all of those ideas where they are and taking them on a case-by-case basis. And instead of being like, well, I'm a poet, so whatever this is, it's going to be poems. But just instead of foisting your own agenda on it, just listening, like what, who's the audience for this? Like, what's the story? Who needs it? What's it going to look like? What's the texture of it going to be? And for me, the last few things have all asked to be different things. (laughs) So I'm just trying to listen more than I talk with the books. I love that. That's great. No, I had this one idea. I'm like, well, maybe it'll just be a graphic novel. And I'm like, who, what, what on earth? Like, what, what do I know about that? And I'm like, I don't know. I'll just have to like teach myself how to do it. Like other, I don't know. But this idea, like the people, the kids who are going to want to read it, they want to only read graphic novels right now. So you're probably going to write a graphic novel too. Oh my gosh. Well, uh, I definitely won't be doing the graphic part of the novel. If I do, let me tell you, unless someone (laughs) really wants, you know, stick people. Though I guess Diary of a Wimpy Kid is a little, is a little stick person-y. So perhaps there's a place for that. (laughs) Yes. Yes, indeed. (laughs) Well, that was also great advice already for, for aspiring authors too, is like paying attention and listening for the ideas. And, you know, it's just so great. I feel like now I'm going to finish this and go like have my son build a, a nest or something and like show him how to take it apart, right? Like that that we can actually deconstruct it, construct and deconstruct that it's like all our power, you know? Oh, I love this. I love, I mean, I love this idea of, of like different sort of interactive ideas that caregivers and kids can do together sort of around the themes of the book, like I think we'll be doing something like this when we when we launch it at my public library because I want it to be family friendly. So what kind of drawing or writing or or sort of like craft ideas can we can we do around that? And I think it's so true. Like my hope is it's a conversation starter. Totally. You know, like, okay, this is this kid's stuff. What is your stuff? Like, what are you worried about? It Maybe it's not the big kids taking the ball at recess. Right. Maybe it's not stuff under the bed. Like, what are you worried about? Okay. And then what are your positives to help mm-hmm. balance it out? I mean, I, I would love to hear like what other kids, yep. you know, and even that they know that everyone has stuff like that. Everyone has their list and it's just like, that's where the brain goes. And I always say to my kids, like, when they can't fall asleep, you know, everything seems worse in the dark. Just always remember, like, everything will see, everything gets magged. Everything is worse in the dark. Just like, let's deal with it in the morning. And if it still seems terrible, deal with it then. (laughs) I mean, that's, that's another thing I hope, you know, I mean, my, my sort of ultimate goal for this book, which is like a tiny goal is just that it makes bedtime a little bit easier for somebody who's holding this book. Yeah. Sharing it with a kid, just easier bedtimes because I know that seems small, but like you it know, I, as a mom, it is not small. It's you know easier bedtimes because a bad bedtime colors your entire day. It's yeah. just it, it's hard. It, it's heartbreaking to feel like yeah they're suffering and having a hard time, and we're not able to sort of get in and and like help them do the work right. for themselves. So I mean, one of the things I really hope for too is that this helps to normalize 
the idea of worrying and anxiety. Like there are probably kids out there who think like nobody else's brain is working like my brain's working right now, or everybody else is just going to sleep and nobody else is is worrying about what's going to happen with that test tomorrow or with soccer practice or their grandma being sick or whatever the thing is. And we all do it. Like it's just such a human. It's true. Now we're all in it together. Maggie, thank you. Thank you so much for my thoughts have wings. I'm so excited to do even more with it with my kids and just see where this book takes off. Thank you so much. It was so good to see you and, and chat you with too. you for a bit. You too. Congratulations on your book. Thank you. Okay. Take good care. Okay, you too. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. 